This is take one of Nautopedia, starting now. This is Michael Falk, a comedian and writer and queer person currently living in Brooklyn, New York. This is a new podcast we're trying out because many people would talk to me about how calming or resonant my voice was, and I wanted to combine that with how much I love reading Wikipedia. So this is a new podcast tentatively called Michaelpedia. We're also considering TGIASMR. Today we're going to read a couple different Wikipedia entries that I found quite interesting because I like reading about things that are generally maybe considered boring. So we're going to go ahead and dive in. Now, I'm not sure if you're listening to this in the car or going to bed or if you're listening to it while on on the treadmill or the elliptical. I wouldn't recommend the treadmill or the elliptical because, I don't know, I feel like you need like like bang bang or like something like really energy heavy to help you get through that. At least I do. This is more of like a soothing situation. Um, The first one we are reading today, actually, well, I guess just to give you a heads up on what we're going to be reading today, we're going to be reading the Wikipedia for Glitter, the Substance, and then we're going to be reading the Wikipedia for Glitter, the Mariah Carey film, then we're going to be reading the Wikipedia for Glitter Bombing, the Act of Protest, and then we're going to wrap it up with the Wikipedia for Gravy, the Viscous Sauce. Um, Okay, starting out with Glitter. Glitter describes an assortment of small, colorful, reflective particles that comes in a variety of shapes. Glitter particles reflect light at different angles, causing the surface to sparkle or shimmer. Glitter is like confetti, sparkles, or sequins, but somewhat smaller. Since prehistoric times, glitter has been made and used as decoration from many different materials, including stones such as malachite, galena, and mica, as well as insects and glass. Hmm. I didn't know about insects, that's weird. I'm just gonna throw a handful of shiny bugs at you. Modern glitter is usually manufactured from plastic. There's a close-up photo of some glitter, and I gotta tell you, it looks quite nice. We're gonna move on to modern glitter. The first production of modern plastic glitter is credited to the American machinist Henry Rushman, who found a way to cut plastic or mylar sheets into glitter in the year 1934. During World War II, with German glass glitter unavailable, Rushman found a market for scrap material ground into glitter made of plastics. He founded Meadowbrook Inventions Incorporated in Bernardsville, New Jersey. The company is still a producer of industrial glitter. (laughs) Decades later, he filled a patent for a mechanism for cross-cutting films as well as other related inventions. Today, over 20,000 varieties of glitter are manufactured in a vast number of different colors, sizes, and materials. Over 10 million pounds of glitter was purchased between the years 1989 and 2009 alone. That's 10 million pounds, again. 
Commercial glitter ranges in size from 0.002 square inches to about 0.25 square inches. First, flat multi-layered sheets are produced combining plastic, coloring, and reflective materials such as aluminum, titanium dioxide, iron oxide, or bismuth oxychloride. These sheets are then cut into tiny particles of many shapes, including squares, rectangles, and hexagons. Glittering surfaces have been found to be used since prehistoric times in the arts and in cosmetics. The modern English word glitter comes from the Middle English word glitterin, possibly by the way of the Old Norse word glittera. Glitra, glitra, I think. However, as early as 30,000 years ago, mica flakes were used to give cave paintings a glittering appearance. Prehistoric humans are believed to have used cosmetics made of powdered hematite, a sparkling mineral. I bet they looked amazing. Imagine prehistoric humans walking around with their faces painted for the gods. That's so cool. 8,000 years ago, people of the Americas were using powdered galena, a form of lead, to produce bright, grayish-white glittering paint used for objects of adornment. The collecting and surface mining of galena was prevalent in the upper Mississippi Valley region by the Chahokia, Chahokia native peoples for regional trade, both raw and crafted into beads or other objects. Over 6,000 years ago, ancient Egyptians produced glittering cosmetics from the iridescent shells of beetles, as well as finely ground green malachite crystal. Researchers believe Mayan temples were sometimes painted with red, green, or gray glitter paint made from mica dust, based on infrared scans of the remnants of paint still found on the structures in present-day Guatemala. That's cool. Prior to modern plastics, Particles of glass were used to create glittering surfaces, and glass glitter is still produced commercially. I'm take a little sip of my beer. Under the uses category. Prior to fabrics made with modern glitter, sequins were sewn or woven onto fabric to give it a glittering appearance. Edible glitter made from gum arabic and other ingredients is even used by culinary artists. Glitter is used in cosmetics to make the face or nails appear more shiny or sparkly. Additionally, it is used in children's arts and crafts to color and texture items. The small, brightly colored particles often stick to clothing, skin, and furniture, and can be a real hassle to remove. Well, that seemed to be more of an opinion, not a... I guess everyone agrees on that. There's a picture of glitter nail polish and iridescent fishing lures. Glitter coatings or finishes are frequently used on fishing lures to draw attention by stimulating the scales by simulating the scales of prey fish. Due to its unique characteristics, glitter has also proven to be useful forensic been useful forensic evidence. Because of the tens of thousands of different commercial glitters, identical glitter particles can be compelling evidence that a suspect has been at a crime scene. Forensic scientist Edwin Jones has one of the largest collections of glitter consisting over a thousand different samples used in comparison of samples taken from crime scenes. Glitter particles are easily transferred through the air or by touch, yet cling to bodies and clothing, often unnoticed by suspects. Damn. Just think about that. Don't wear any air glittery makeup if you're going to commit a crime. Glitter is also used for glitter bombing, which is an act of protest in which activists throw glitter on people at public events. Glitter bombers have frequently been motivated by, though not limited to, their target's opposition to same-sex marriage. 
Some legal officials argue glitter bombing is technically assault and battery. It is possible for glitter to enter the eyes, nose, and cause damage to the cornea or other soft tissues, potentially irritating them or leading to infection, depending on the size of the glitter. <laughs> Whether a prosecutor would pursue the charge depends on a number of factors. They're just going to wrap it up there. That is the end of the Wikipedia for the substance known as glitter. Um, since it was mentioned in the previous entry, we're going to go ahead and move on to glitter bombing. Is a, um, um, I have been glitter bombed by many letters um, on birthdays or holidays where you open an envelope and then all of a sudden there's glitter everywhere. And I have to agree with the previous entry. It's a real hassle to remove uh, there's got to be a better way, I feel like I would say, if this were preparing for an infomercial to reveal my solution. But thusly, there is no solution. Maybe like a, what's the word? Like a lint roller or something would be useful for it. I'm not sure. I do like glitter though. You know, I keep coming back even though it, you know, sticks to everything. We're gonna move on to glitter bombing. I'm taking another sip of this beer. Um, I'm drinking a seasonal sour beer. It's very limey. It's just okay. Um, so I won't be mentioning <laughs> what beer maker it's from. Glitter bombing is an act of protest in which activists throw glitter on people at public events. Glitter bombers have frequently been motivated by, though not limited to, their target's opposition to same-sex marriage. You don't like the gays? We're gonna hit you with some glitter. Some legal officials argue that glitter bombing is technically assault and battery. Oh, this is sort of a re repetition of what was previously listed. That's kind of disappointing. Here's some new information. In 2012, University of Colorado Boulder student Peter Smith faced up to six months in jail and a fine of $1,000 for allegedly glitter bombing presidential candidate Mitt Romney at a Colorado campaign event. Yeah, well, whatever, Mitt. He's not a great guy. Um, so moving on, we've got a list actually of people who have been glitter bombed. <laughs> this is so good. Um, okay. Um, there's actually details on each glitter bombing, but I'm going to kind of like gloss over those and just read the names and the dates of the, uh, glitter bombing. So we're going to start off, one of the earlier glitter bomb receivers was Newt Gingrich, and that was May 17th of 2011 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, Nick Espinoza dumped a full box of glitter on them, shouting, stop the hate, feel the rainbow. Um, we've got uh, Tim Pawlenty, uh, that was in June 16th of 2011, San Francisco, California. Uh, Michelle Bachman, yeah. Yeah, she got she got got t June eighteenth, two thousand eleven. Also in Minneapolis, Minnesota. A lot of these are in Minnesota. Come through, Minnesotans, uh, with their glitter attacks. I like this. Um, yeah, Michelle Bachman sucks. Bachman Associates. Oh, they. Oh wow, there's like a lot of glitter shit that's happened with them. Um, Minnesota for Marriage, uh, September 4th. Minnesota for Marriage, an organization that favors passing a constitutional amendment disallowing same-sex marriage in Minnesota was glitter-bombed at the state fair by, by protesters opposed to the amendment. 
Caro Rove during a book signing. Um, Eric Paulson. Oh, weird. Interesting. Dan Savage was glitter bombed a lot. Yeah, he does have some issues with uh, transphobia. Yeah. Um, Savage was glitter bombed on November 1st, 2011 at the University of Oregon. The glitter bomber said they were a representative of the Dan Savage Welcoming Committee and that Savage was a transphobe was transphobic as well as racist and misogynistic and a rape apologist. He was hit again with one bomber, again stating that Savage was transphobic, and then he was hit again in British Columbia. Um, the group said the bombing was in response to ableism, ageism, classism, misogyny, racism, rape apologism, serophobia, sizeism, transphobia, and oh yeah, that column. Um, a lot of people are really frustrated with some of the things that Dan Savage says. And uh, that's going to happen whenever you become one of the most famous gay voices out there that says a lot of very, um, very aggressive opinions. And uh, those are some people under the bus sometimes. Uh, we got Randall Terry, Rick Santorum. Of course, that bitch has been glitter bombed. Joe Lieberman, Mitt Romney, get him. Rick Santorum again, Ron Paul, Mitt Romney again, Rick Santorum again, uh, Jermaine Greer, um, Lindsay Lohan, George Galloway, and Richard Spencer. You know, I'd be 100% happy for whatever is going to happen to Richard Spencer. That's totally fine. Um, postal glitter bombs. Glitter bombs can be sent through the post so the glitter falls from an envelope or is forcefully ejected from a larger spring-loaded package when opened. Oh, that's kind of spooky. I don't like the idea of like a like spring-loaded glitter. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a little bit less interesting. I mean, there's more details on each one. Basically, you just get glitter bombed if you're uh, famous and white and say shitty things. I guess all of these people are white, and I think that has a lot more to do with the fact that there's far too many white people in power. Just saying. We're going to go ahead and move on to Glitter, the 2001 romantic musical drama film. Um, if you don't remember Glitter, it starred Mariah Carey. It was a starring feature for her, and it was a horrible, horrible box office failure. Um, and we'll get into that. Um, and this is a pretty good one. I like this one a lot. We're not going to really read um, every aspect of this. I'm going to have to like kind of trim it down a little bit because there's some numbers and stuff like around... Um, like the box office, that's like they're not really interesting besides like the main one. So let's just go ahead and get going. Glitter is a 2001 American romantic musical drama film produced by 20th Century Fox and Columbia Pictures, starring American R&B singer-songwriter Mariah Carey and featuring rapper Debrat. The film was written by Kate Lanier and directed by Vondi Curtis Hall. Set in 1982, a period piece, Carrie plays Billy Frank, who wants to be a famous singer, along with her friends Louise and Roxanne. Um, they are club dancers. Timothy Walker, played by Terrence Howard, offers them a contract as backup singers to a different singer. In the premiere, this is kind of written weird, but Wikipedia, what are you going to do? In the premiere of the song they record, Frank meets Julian Dice Black, who is a DJ at a nightclub and helps her in her solo career. In the process, Frank and Dice fall in love with each other. 
Carrie began working on a film and soundtrack project titled All That Glitters in 1997. However, during that period, her record company, Columbia Records, pressured Carrie to release a compilation album in time for the favorable holiday season in November of 1998. Consequently, Carrie put out All That Glitters on hold. Following this, Carrie aimed to complete the film and album project in the summer of 2001. The film was released on September 21st, 2001, 10 days after the release of the accompanying soundtrack, which was released on September 11th, 2001. We all know what happened on September 11th, 2001. Before its release, Carrie was suddenly hospitalized, citing extreme exhaustion and a physical and emotional breakdown. Due to this, the film and its soundtrack were postponed for three weeks. Glitter was a major commercial failure and a critical flop. Reviewers were highly disappointed with the film, and Carrie's performance as an actress was considered by many to be amateur shit. This also caused the film to receive negative commentary along social media sites. Some went on to call it one of the worst films to ever be released. Glitter opened in 1,996 American theaters and only grossed $2.5 million in its first week. Its worldwide total was 5.3 million. Wow. That's rough. Opened in almost 2,000 theaters and only grossed 2.5 million in the first week. Oy, oy, oy. Um, it made 5.3 million on a budget of 22 million. It's one of the biggest commercial failures of all time. Um, which, uh, just a note, on um, one of the opposites is uh, the Blair Witch Project, which I think was made for something around like $60,000 total, and it is making millions and millions and millions of dollars, and it's still making money uh, as being like one of the most popular horror films ever made. Um, so, you know, just a little note there. Um, to go through the plot real fast, in the 1970s, Lillian Frank has performed at a nightclub, Lillian tries to arouse the crowd with her torch song, Lily's Blues, with her daughter, Billy Frank, accompanying her on vocals. Billy Frank is Mariah Carey's character, so this is a flashback. The plot fails, and Lillian is fired. Lillian feels defeated and lights a cigarette, accidentally falls asleep with it, and starts a fire, causing the building to be evacuated. Due to her mother's actions, Billy is fostered. Years later... Weird intro... Years later, in 1983, the adult Billy is a club dancer, along with her foster care friends, Louise and Roxanne. They meet Timothy Walker, who offers a contract as backup singers and dancers to the singer Silk, and the three are contracted. What's weird is this, I think this is like almost the exact same plot to Alvin and the Chipmunks. But, like, it's very close. Later at a nightclub hosted by Julian Dice Black, Silk debuts All My Life, Dice discovers that Billy is, a real, is the real singer of the song as a means to cover up Silk's abysmal singing ability. Impressed, he wishes to produce her, but Billy raises concerns about her contract with Timothy and eventually agrees to the provision that Dice pays him $100,000. This plot is already all over the place. Billy and Dice start working on songs. Ultimately, they sign Guy Richardson of a major record label. With success in their hands, he asks her up to his apartment. They sleep together. Billy's first major single, Lover Boy, is a success. Billy is called to perform at an awards where she meets singer Raphael. Billy gets a threat from Timothy concerning the debt that Dice failed to pay. Billy, upset about how Dice lied about her contract and his arrest, argues with and leaves him. 
Following the breakup, Billy collaborates with several songwriters, including Raphael, with whom she makes another hit single, Want You, and her debut album becomes a massive success. Billy begins writing a song of her own due to her emotional pain. Dice also misses Billy and also begins writing a song. Billy goes to Dice's apartment to reconcile with him, but discovers he is not home. Billy discovers that the music he has written, discovers the music that he has written and realizes they wrote the same song, Never Too Far. <laughs> what? Billy goes to Dice's apartment to reconcile with him, but discovers he is not home. Billy discovers that the music he has written and realizes they wrote the same song. Okay. There's just some magical realism shit. They just wrote the same song. Okay, so it's like a fantasy movie. Dice, upon seeing her lipstick prints on his music, she plans a reconciliation, but is shot dead by Timothy. Oh my God. Before, before playing at Madison Square Garden, Billy sees the news report of Dice's death and on stage after commands the band to stop playing Loverboy. She tells the audience, everybody out there, don't ever take anybody for granted. And then she starts to sing Never Too Far. Afterwards, Billy reads a note Dice had left her where he tells her that he has found Lillian. Billy's limo takes her to her secluded rural property where she's reunited with her mother once again. Wow. That is, um, that's a lot. What a weird movie. Um, okay. Um, the movie was a huge failure, as we said. This is so bizarre, such a weird plot. Um, uh, we're gonna like kind of hop through the Wikipedia. Um, when asked about the movie and her character, Carrie stated, we start the movie and we see little Billy and her mom singing and we realize there's a dysfunction going on and her mom's unstable. She gets taken away from her mother and ends up in a foster home. Then we meet her two friends, Louise and Roxanne, who are played by Debrat and Tia Texada. They're her extended family. It's Billy's journey to understand why she feels abandoned by her mother. That's what drives her to want to sing. She connects with this DJ character, his name is Dice. He's sort of like what the mother is in terms of semi-dysfunctional. A lot of deep things going on there. Um, there's an issue, of course, when the film comes out, and it comes out very close to the, uh, the attacks um, in, in New York on September 11, 2001. Um, Carrie was, Mariah Carey was very upset about the timing of the film coming out. And um, she actually like stated that she thought that the failure of the film had to do with how close it came out to um, the September 11th attacks, which doesn't really make um, a lot of sense as um, a lot of other things that were going on at that time, a lot of other media was actually quite like indulged in, and a lot of people, um, a lot of films were successful around that time. So, I mean, it just sounds like it was a weird, bad movie um, that, you know, was just a bad idea. 
Um, critical response, Glitter has a rating of 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. The consensus states that Glitter is a hodgepodge of movie cliches and bad acting that's sure to generate unintentional laughs. Unfortunately, the movie is not bad enough to be good. Um, the village voice proclaimed for her part, Carrie seems most concerned about keeping her lips tightly sealed like a kid with braces. And when she tries for an emotion, any emotion, she looks as if she's lost her car keys. <laughs> Roger Ebert spoke relatively well of Carrie's individual performance, saying, her acting ranges from dutiful flirtatiousness to intense sincerity. However, he ended with, and above all, the film is lacking in joy. It never seems like it's fun to be Billy Frank. Um... I have not watched Glitter in its entirety. I've watched clips. Um, it is to be said, actually, that uh, the soundtrack was a little more successful than the film, but it was still one of Mariah uh, Carey's least successful albums. Um, also, this is working because it is also making me yawn quite a bit. Um, Von D. Curtis Hall went on to direct... Redemption, the Stan Tookie Williams story, Waist Deep, and Abducted, the Carlina White story. Um, so, like, a lot of biopics, um, it seems. Uh, so, mm, there's that one. Uh, now, moving on to our final... Um, our final Wikipedia entry for um, the podcast today. We're going to go ahead and read a Wikipedia that's near and dear to my heart, the Wikipedia for Gravy. Um, my nickname for quite a while, and I guess still was my friends, is Gravy Baby, because one time I was seen eating a really thick, hearty chicken noodle soup, and my friends thought I was just eating a cup full of gravy like a real human monster. Um, anywho, gravy is a sauce often made... <laughs> it's so funny to read this shit. Gravy is a sauce often made from the juices of meats that run naturally during cooking and tightened with a wheat flour or cornstarch for added texture. In the United States, the term can refer to a wider variety of sauces. The gravy may be further colored or flavored with gravy salt, a simple mix of salt and caramel food coloring, or gravy browning, gravy salt dissolved in water, or ready-made cubes and powders can be used as a substitute for natural meat or vegetable extracts. Canned and instant gravies are also available. Gravy is commonly served with roast, meatloaf, rice, and mashed potatoes. Here are different types of gravy. Chocolate gravy is a variety of gravy made with fat, flour, cocoa powder, and sometimes a small amount of sugar. Egg gravy is a bechamel sauce that is served over biscuits. Meat drippings, usually from bacon and flour, are used to make a thick roux. The roux is salted and peppered to taste. Water and milk, even parts, are added, and the liquid is brought back up to boil. A well-beaten egg is slowly added while the gravy is stirred or whisked swiftly, cooking the egg immediately and separating it into small fragments in the gravy. Giblet gravy has the giblets of a turkey or chicken added when it is to be served with those types of poultry and uses stock made from the giblets. Mushroom gravy, that's a popular one, is a variety of gravy made with mushrooms. 
Onion gravy is made from large quantities of slowly sweated chopped onions mixed with stock or wine, commonly served with bangers and mash, eggs, chops, or other grilled or fried meat, which by way of cooking method would not produce their own gravy. Red-eye gravy is a gravy made from the drippings of ham fried in a skillet or frying pan. The pan is deglazed with coffee and uses no thickening agent. This gravy is a staple in the southern United States cuisine and is usually served over ham, grits, or biscuits. Vegetable gravy or vegetarian gravy is a gravy made with boiled and roasted vegetables. A quick and flavorful vegetable gravy can be made from any combination of vegetable broth or vegetable stock with flour and one of either butter, oil, or margarine. So you just need a fat, a flour, um, and some kind of like broth or flavoring. Cream gravy or sawmill gravy in the southern United States is a gravy typically used in biscuits and gravy or chicken fried steak. It is essentially a bechamel sauce with a roux being made of meat drippings and flour. Milk is added and thickened by the roux. Once prepared, black pepper and bits of mild sausage or chicken liver are sometimes added. Besides cream and sawmill gravy, common names include country gravy, whack gravy, milk gravy, sausage gravy, or just gravy. You're gonna put a little gravy on that chicken fried steak. You gotta drizzle some gravy on top. Should I be reading the gravy one in that voice? Let's try. Brown gravy in Southern United States cuisine is the name of a gravy made from the drippings from roasted meat or fowl. The drippings are cooked on a stovetop at high heat with onions and other vegetables, then thickened with a thin mixture of water and either wheat flour or cornstarch. The name brown gravy distinguishes it from white gravy in the Southern United States cuisine by color. A tight gravy is a Torontonian, Torontonian, I didn't know that's how you said that, a Torontonian brunch cuisine, often served with a chicken BLT on a baguette with french fries. Cuisines. In Great Britain and Ireland, a Sunday roast is usually served with gravy. It's commonly eaten with pork, chicken, lamb, or beef. So you can use gravy all over the place. Gravy is also just a sauce. Sometimes people will like call red sauce, like red gravy. Um, Gravy is coming up in a big way with Thanksgiving, whether or not you celebrate what Thanksgiving is, kind of set up around with those um, um, monsters we call the pilgrims. Uh, you know, you're probably going to eat with your family. Um, a couple of different gravy parts that you might not know about gravy things. In many parts of Asia, particularly India, Malaysia, and Singapore, the word gravy is often used to refer to any thickened, any thickened liquid part of the dish. For example, the liquid part of a thick curry may be referred to as a gravy. I mean, so maybe a thick and hearty soup is a gravy. Hmm. Um, gravy is used in most parts of the world. Um, gravy is sauce. Sauce is gravy. They're not quite synonymous. I think that you can... Well, are they? I don't know. I would like to know that. Is gravy synonymous with sauce? Or is it always? Um, because it's not always, because a sauce isn't a gravy. A gravy can't be a sauce, but they're not always. They're not mutually exclusive. In Italian-American communities, particularly on the East Coast and around the Chicago area, the term gravy, tomato gravy, or Sunday gravy is used, but this refers to tomato sauce rather than meat drippings mixed with a thickener. Used in this context, gravy is an erroneous English transi- translation from the Italian sugo, which means sauce, as in sugo per pasta suita. 
Pastor Ciciota. Ciuta. Ciuta. Mm. Whether certain sauces are referred to as gravy or sauce in Italian-American cuisine continues to be a source of debate <laughs> and varies according to different family or community tradition, traditions. And it really depends on what your Nona calls it, I suppose. Um, and that's going to wrap us up for this episode of uh, Mycopedia. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that you learned something. Um, and I hope that it was relaxing to hear me read these Wikipedia entries to you. Uh, I know I enjoyed myself. And um, I just want to say I'm very proud of you. You specifically, you're doing a great job. Um, and have a good night. Bye. Bye.